بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك لك وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون السلام عليكم All thanks and praises due to God We seek God's help and forgiveness We seek refuge in God from the evil within ourselves and the consequences of our evil deeds Whoever God guides will never be led astray and whoever God allows to go astray will never find guidance I bear witness that there is no God but God, alone without any partners, and I bear witness that Muhammad is God's servant and God's messenger. You who believe, be mindful of God, as is God's due, and make sure you devote yourself to God to your dying moment. So, salam alaikum, everyone. Um, I want to begin by thanking Allah for this gathering, uh, for the gift of community that we have in one another, and uh, for this space and for giving me the opportunity to be here today to deliver this khutbah. I also begin with thanks because I will be focusing my khutbah today on one of my personal favorite surahs or chapters in the Quran, which is Surah Al-Rahman, uh, which focuses on the theme of gratitude and giving thanks. And it's a surah that I read often, um, especially just to find comfort in it. And I hope that by sharing it with you, you will find new appreciation for the surah as well and that I'm hoping to share with you what I've learned from reflecting on it over the years. So first, for those of you who are familiar with this uh, surah, uh, you know that it's unique because Allah repeats the same ayah or verse over and over again throughout the entire chapter, uh, asking, which roughly translates to what favors or wonders that your Lord has provided you, will you deny or show ingratitude? And this verse is repeated about 31 times in the chapter. So the chapter begins by describing the wonders of creation. So the sun and the moon abide by extremely precise calculation. The star, the shrub, and the tree, even they prostrate. Even the sky going on, not to mention the earth, God sent it down for all kinds of creatures, along with grain that has stock and flowers of wonderful fragrance. So it goes on with these beautiful descriptions of sort of the creation that we have in this world, and then the question is asked, what wonders of your Lord will you deny? Then Allah describes Jahannam or the hellfire, and then the question is asked again, what wonders of your Lord will you deny? And then Allah describes Jannah or paradise and asks the same question, what wonders of your Lord will you deny? And, so, and again, asked 31 times. And obviously, I'm a very curious person, so then I, when I read this and when I had first read it, I thought to myself, why does Allah repeat this question? And I think intuitively, and I think back to our parents and for some of you who might be parents in the audience or teachers in the audience, you know that people repeat things over uh, again, as a point of emphasis, uh, so which in this case is to acknowledge that all the blessings we've been given in this world and in the hereafter are something that we should be mindful of. 
Um, other interpretations I've read is in, about the context of where this uh, chapter or when this chapter was revealed. And specifically that it was revealed to the Quraysh and that Allah is saying this as an admonition to the Quraysh, which is the tribe of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And he, you know, this tribe had been given the Quran at this point, had been given the guidance of Prophet Muhammad, who's sort of the most exemplary messenger we have, and continue, but they continue to disbelieve him, to attack him, to disregard his message. And so either way, um, the point is that there are blessings all around us. Um, and you know, however big or small they are, it is us who's missing out by not acknowledging this beauty that's around us. In Surah Al-An'am, uh, chapter 6, ayah uh, verse 59, it is written, وَمَا تَسْقُطُ مِنْ وَرَقَةٍ إِلَّا يَعْلَمُهَا وَلَا حَبَّةٍ فِي ظُلْمَاتِ الْأَرْضِ So not even a leaf falls without God's knowledge, nor a grain in the darkness of the earth. And this verse is also so beautiful, right? That reminding us that even the smallest thing that's happening around us, so even the most basic, the simplest thing of a leaf falling to the ground is occurring under Allah's purview. And it's up to us and our perspective to see that and to see everything that's around us as a potential avenue or reminder of God and God's presence. Uh, so I'm a big fan of poetry, um, and actually when my husband and I got married, we tried to incorporate poetry in a lot of things throughout the wedding. So we had a wall of poetry with uh, our favorite poems, uh, really my favorite poems, but my husband played along. We put poetry on the place cards, um, on our wedding invitation, and one of my favorite poets uh, is the Persian poet Hafiz. So some of you guys may be familiar with that poet, but he writes often about being intoxicated by the presence of God, uh, who is everywhere. And this one poem uh, I'm gonna share with you, I think is relevant to the theme that I'm talking about today. But he asks, where is the door to God? And then he answers, in the sound of a barking dog, in the ring of a hammer, in a drop of rain, in the face of everyone I see. And I think we can all agree that in the busyness of our lives, whether we're students and we're going between classes or at work, we're going in and out of meetings or uh, we're in Los Angeles so sitting in hours of traffic, uh, that it can be really easy to lose sight of that, right? Of uh, that there's seeing God in a drop of rain, right? How beautiful is that? Or just in everyone we see or meet. Now going back to Surah Al-Rahman, uh, the other aspect that I like to reflect on is that this beauty that we're so grateful for is not just around us, but within, our, within us. So the third and fourth verse of this chapter state that God created humankind. And then goes on to say, you know, God created humankind uh, or grant, taught humankind eloquence or speech. And this is yet another area where then this question of which of these wonders do you deny applies the incredible senses that we have uh, are yet another thing that is you know, so basic, and, but it's still something that we can be grateful for. Um, so even for us being able to you know, listen to the beautiful Adhan and uh, Akama we listen to. And this concept is repeated in Surah Al-Mulk, chapter 67, verse 23, um, 
قل هو الذي أنشأكم وجعل لكم السمع والأبصار والأفئدة قليلا ما تشكرون Say it is God who created for you the faculties of hearing, sight, feeling and understanding Little are you grateful So I am a neurologist by training and in my clinical practice uh, I see patients that have lost these things that we take for granted so the ability to speak or swallow because they've had a stroke or disease like ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, losing the ability to smile, um, losing something that's so intrinsic to who someone is, like their memories in the case of someone who has Alzheimer's disease or dementia. Uh, just this week, I saw um, a 20-year-old woman who had, in the middle of college, uh, started losing sensation in her uh, and weakness developing weakness in her arms and legs uh, from a disease that's called Guillain-Barre syndrome. But essentially, your immune system starts attacking how uh, your nerves and affecting how your nerves and muscles communicate. She was 20 years old. And I walk out a lot of times out of this, these, my clinics, and I'm just so grateful for the health that I have. Um, and at the same time, I think... How wonderful would it be if I didn't need these reminders to just be grateful for what I have, right? That I didn't need this reminder of loss to just be grateful for what it is that I have. So returning to Surah Al-Rahman, it's also important to mention that this chapter, the first verse, begins with God's name, Al-Rahman, which is all, the all-merciful. And I think this alludes to the reality that everything and anything that's discussed in the chapter is intimately connected to Allah's mercy towards us. So just to reflect on this, Allah is engaged in incredible act of mercy and is in fact being merciful right now. So if we just take a minute to think about what are some of the mercies we're enjoying at this very moment. So it might be our eyes, right? It might be this masjid, this prayer space. It might be our tongue. Maybe our parents are alive. Maybe we have children who are healthy. Maybe we have income, homes, health, wealth, friends, community. We may not have all of those things, but we may have some of them. And how many things have we taken time out to be grateful for today? So people tend to think uh, that gratitude is a passive thing. So they say, oh, I have this house and that's wonderful. Or somebody helped me today, uh, you know, or helped me in the past and that's great. But I think one of the really powerful reasons that we have emotions is because they're also designed to change what we do next. Uh, and so, for example, if something makes you sad, a lot of times then you begin to avoid that thing that makes you sad. Or if something makes you really happy, you try to seek out opportunities that are similar to that to make you feel that happy feeling. And I think in that same way, it's good to think about gratitude as yet another emotion that can be acted upon. And that it reminds us that other people, so whether it's our parents, our friends, our family, that they've helped us, and maybe we can use that emotion to go above and beyond and pay it forward. So thinking about it, as with other uh, emotions, as something that changes what we do next, something that's active rather than uh, passive. Uh, so on that note, I do want to acknowledge that we're here during Black History Month. And as Muslims, we need to be grateful to all of the African-American civil rights advocates and activists who came before us, fought for us, 
and sacrifice time and their livelihoods to be here. Uh, and actually just yesterday, so February 21st, 1965, was, uh, and, uh, was when Malcolm X was assassinated. Um, and, you know, he, I, he was 39 years old when he was assassinated. And I think, you know, that always gives me chills thinking about that. I'm reaching that age and thinking, you know, how young was this incredible role model um, and presence and uh, change agent that we had in our community. Uh, and, and I think regardless of our background, we really all need to be thankful for the civil rights movement, which paved the way for this country to treat us all as equals. Um, obviously, there's a long way to go, and there's a lot of uh, community advocates and activists that are still working on this, but still there's uh, strides that we can be thankful and grateful for. Um, and actually, just in terms of personally, I know that I would not be here if not for the civil rights movement. So my family immigrated here from Iran, and it was the civil rights movement that led to the United States to end racial quotas in the U.S. immigration system. And I know my family and many of yours um, might not be here without, uh, without that. So when expressing thanks, I think that we should not only look at the present in terms of people we have in our lives, but Allah also tells us to look at the past as well. So in the context of this month, whether it's Black History Month or any other uh, individuals in the past that have paved the road for us to be where we are. And we should also look at the small things as well as the big things uh, to look at ourselves and also the nature and the creatures that are around us and really that Allah's blessings are everywhere. I say what I have said, may God forgive us all. Bismillah, walhamdulillah, wassalatu wassalam ala rasulillah. Alhamdulillah, all praise and thanks are due to God alone. So in Surah Al-Luqman, uh, chapter 31, verse 12, there is a verse that goes, وَمِنْ يَشْكُرُ فَإِنَّمَا يَشْكُرُ لِنَفْسِهِ which translates to, and who is grateful does so to profit, uh, to the profit of their own soul. In Surah Ibrahim, chapter 14, verse 7, وَإِذْ تَأَذَّنَ رَبُّكُمْ لَإِنْ شَكَرْتُمْ لَأَزِيدَنَّكُمْ and remember the time when your sustainer made this promise known. If you are grateful to me, I shall most certainly give you more and more. So I want to spend the second part of the khutbah uh, to talk about the benefit that gratitude has for ourselves, which I think uh, God alludes to in the verses that I recite. Uh, and this topic of gratitude has become a huge focus in psychological research. Something you guys might have heard is called positive psychology. There's just a number of books that are out about this, constantly being published about it. But essentially what this body of literature is, uh, has shown is that there's a positive psychological effect in feeling thankful that results in just appreciating life as it is. And these benefits have been shown in physical health, psychological health, enhancing empathy, enhancing self-esteem, coping with stress, feeling more optimistic about the future, uh, even better sleep. Uh, and again, I think it goes back to God's wisdom in the verses that we read that there are really so many benefits to us for expressing gratitude. But in order for us to see this benefit, we have to commit to it as a practice. 
And again, as I mentioned before, seeing it as an active process that we can engage in rather than a passive one. So I was going to share with you two exercises that I do, uh, and hopefully it'll be uh, helpful to you. But I really try to make a del deliberate effort uh, to do this on a regular, if not daily basis. So one of the exercises that I do on a daily basis is called the three good things exercise. And uh, it's very simple. It involves you thinking back to your day about three good things that happened. And you try to be as specific as possible with the details and really feel that emotion of gratitude when you're reflecting on these three good things. So the things can be really small, like I had a great lunch with a coworker or this person gave me a compliment and I was really grateful for that. Uh, or it can be big, like, oh, I got a raise. Uh, Usually it ends up being a lot of small things, but that's the point of the exercise. Um, and I find that it's a lot more helpful for me to do this before going to bed than scrolling through my phone or Twitter or checking email, which uh, makes me a lot more anxious. And timing is really important in terms of developing a habit. So just like we do with our daily prayers, right, we uh, try to build a habit and involves doing the same thing uh, around the same time over and over again. I do this exercise right before I go to bed. Uh, you can do it during Isha prayers, um, whatever that sort of fits within your routine, but really building it as an exercise. And you can also try writing it down in a notebook. Uh, so writing it down a lot of times is more effective because you create a physical record of your items by writing them down. And then you can even refer back to them when you're feeling down or you're fixating on something negative. And from personal experience, I should say that uh, if you do try to do this, you might not feel much the first few times. And actually, sometimes it might be hard to th think of three good things. Um, but the more you practice, the stronger the feelings become. And at the beginning, you may even experience negative emotions like envy, resentment, or sadness. Because uh, I think all of us are not as good at dwelling on good things as we are on bad things. Uh, to just give you an example, I remember once I wrote down in... Um, my a notebook, and this is right sort of at my nightstand, so for those of you who journal, you can start incorporating that into this practice. But I had written, oh, I got this paper accepted for publication in an academic journal. And then my, again, this, my second thought or next automatic thoughts was, oh, but this other person I know got two papers pu published. Or, oh, if I had worked harder, maybe I would have gotten more publications. Um, and so, you know, those negative thoughts sort of come right away. Or another time, I remember putting, oh, I got this compliment from a coworker. And then you have these negative thoughts of, well, but yesterday they made this other comment. And uh, was this really a real compliment or is this a backhanded? You know, and so you start going into the cycle and is second guessing. And I can give you a lot of examples like this. But I think uh, what I'm trying to say is that over time it gets better. And by committing to doing this exercise regularly, you're slowly retrain your mind to generate more positive emotions and less negative ones. Another thing that I do, um, which I've also seen uh, recommended in the positive psychology literature, is sharing gratitude by writing letters or emails, uh, mostly emails these days, of course. Uh, but I find that it really brightens people's day just to say thank you. Um, and I find a lot of joy in being able to spread positivity. 
and I think, again, it's an exercise that pushes me to think about this emotion as an action and how I can pay it forward to other people. Uh, so I'll include uh, another poem from my favorite poet, Hafiz, um, that is on this theme, and it's titled Becoming Human. Once a man came to me and spoke for hours about his great visions of God he felt he was having. He asked me for confirmation, saying, are these wondrous dreams true? I replied, how many goats do you have? He looked surprised and said, I'm speaking of sublime visions and you ask about goats. And I spoke again saying, yes, brother, how many do you have? Well, Hafiz, I have 62. How many rose bushes in your garden? How many children? Are your parents still alive? Do you feed the birds in winter? And to all he answered. Then I said, you asked me if I thought your visions were true. I would say that they were if they make you become more human, more kind to every creature and plant that you know. So just like the Quran teaches us in Surah Al-Rahman, repetition is key to living a grateful life, which has so many personal benefits for us and includes not only feeling gratitude, but showing gratitude for the beauty around us, uh, whether that is the individuals in our lives or the earth that uh, we live in. And the question is, which of God's favors do you deny? God commands justice, doing good, and generosity towards relatives. And God forbids what is shameful, blameworthy and oppressive. God teaches you so that you may take heed. Oh Allah, please protect all of uh, and help all of those who are suffering and those who are sick all around the world and in the United States and free them from injustices. Oh Allah, please unite this ummah and free us from the divisions in our communities. Oh Allah, please accept our prayers and give us patience and the perspective to be grateful for the blessings in our lives. Um, I mean, before I move to the prayer, I was just going to say a few things. I think in one of the emails, it did mention that um, I was Shia, so I just wanted to talk about a little bit of some of the differences that you might see, and just something as uh, something hopefully that you guys will learn from, even as you meet um, different members of the Muslim community who might be Shia. Um, so you'll notice um, that I will be praying on a turba, which is just a piece of uh, clay or uh, soil. Um, and essentially in uh, Shia fiqh, we, um, our interpretation is that to pray on something that's directly the earth. Uh, so whether that's soil, clay, you can grab a leaf. Um, I heard that in the past, uh, some women have it grabbed rose petals. It's really anything that's directly from the earth that you can pray on. So it just um, might be something you'll notice. Um, I'll also, you might be used to the what's recited in the ruku or the sujood being silent, but I'll just be saying that out loud. It's just a, again, difference um, in the prayer. And after the first rakat, I'll be doing kunut. Um, so that is, you might have, again, seen this in people you may have prayed beside, uh, but just to explain, essentially, you, I'm just going to put up my hands like this in prayer, and uh, this is optional, um, so in Shia fiqh, it's mustahab, but 
again, just because it is my practice and I wanted to share it with all of you, I, I will be doing that. Um, and during that time, um, you can just stand, it'll be right before the Roku and it'll um, be less than 30 seconds. And I just wanted to share with you what I will be saying and translating that just so that you're, uh, everyone uh, is on the same page. So what I will be saying in Arabic is which translates to Oh Allah, give us give to us in the world that which is good and in the hereafter that which is good and save us from the torment of the fire. Um, so very short, I'll just be saying it in Arabic and then pretty much everything else is the same but just wanted to make sure we're on the same page. Um, so... وَأَقِمْنَا الصَّلَاةِ Let's perform the prayer. <laughs> 